In the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, how are you today? You're listening to the St. Mark Bemidji Podcast, produced and delivered just for you from the quickly thawing frozen Nort Tundra. Today we will again have the pleasure of listening to another meditation on John chapter 20. This one was penned by Pastor Z for this last Sunday while he was away. I'll be reading the meditation afterwards, and I pray that you are enriched by it. So let's dive into today's reading, shall we? On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. A week later the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. And now, on to today's meditation. Historically, the Sunday after Easter is one of the lowest attended church services of the year, right next to the one after Christmas. And I think that just goes to show how powerful the sinful nature is in us. I mean, we've all thought it. Well, we've just been to church for almost three days in a row. I think I can take a Sunday off now. We can't even get pastor to show up. Is the message of Easter so fleeting? Does its importance and meaning drift from our minds so quickly that even long-time Christians are tempted in this way? With Easter over, the regular worries of life slide back into the foreground, and the pardon, the proof, and the purpose that the resurrection message teaches quickly becomes background noise. The Easter message is the cornerstone of our faith, and so, in the interest of solidifying the Easter message in our hearts, not just for the next six Sundays, but for all year, let's center our thoughts this morning on John chapter 20, verse 19 through 31. There's a lot happening in this section of scripture, so to simplify it so that we might remember it, let's focus on the three P's of Easter that Jesus teaches here. Pardon, proof, and purpose. Remember the three P's of Easter. Say it with me. Pardon, proof, and purpose. In the first place, then let's consider the pardon Jesus gives to his disciples. What does it mean to be pardoned? That's a legal term, right? 
To be pardoned of the charges against you means you were forgiven or not punished. And that's what we find happening in this account from John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Now some have said that these words, Peace be with you, are nothing more than a normal greeting. But not in this circumstance and not from the mouth of Jesus. Here they all are, the evening of that first Easter day, and Jesus miraculously appears before them and greets them, just as he told the women at the tomb he would. When is the last time these men saw Jesus? For most of them, it was when they fled from Jesus in the garden a few days ago on the night he was betrayed. For Peter, it was after that rooster crowed, and he had denied even knowing Jesus three times. The Lord could have crushed them with guilt. He could have dropped the hammer on them. You didn't trust me. You fled from me. You saw me drive demons from people, feed thousands, raise people from the dead. Yet, you fled from me when I needed your support the most. No, the risen Lord doesn't do that at all. He says, Peace be with you. And to drive the point home, he says it twice. They are so shocked and elated to see him alive that the first time he said it, it probably fell on deaf ears. So he repeats himself to make it all clear. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. In that little phrase, he grants them pardon without a doubt. Peace be with you. I hold nothing against you. I forgive you. You're pardoned. This is the kind of forgiveness that Jesus gives to his brothers, his disciples, and soon-to-be apostles. This gospel pardon is the one he asks his church to carry out to the world. He says, If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now the sinful nature in us looks at that and says, So I don't really need to forgive people. I can forgive on my time. In my way, after certain circumstances and requirements have been met. Is that what Jesus teaches here? Is that the kind of attitude he literally just showed to his disciples in pardoning them for abandoning him? No! When a brother or sister or friend turns back to Jesus after a sin, we show them the cross of Christ and the pardon won for them there. But how do we know he can pardon our sins from the righteous judgment our Heavenly Father demands? Where is the proof? This, then, is the second P for our consideration this morning. The proof. The marks of the cross were still visible on Jesus. The nail marks in his hands and feet. The spear slice still in his side. It was him. Yes, the same one who hung there on that tree. The same one pierced and stabbed. He lives. He lives who once was dead. He lives, my ever-living head. The price for sin was paid, and standing here is living, breathing proof. Jesus shows the ten disciples these wounds when he first sees them. But as we know from this text, there was one who was not there the first time. Thomas. There is a painting by the Italian artist Caravaggio called The Incredulity of St. Thomas. The title of the painting highlights an irony. Incredulity means the state of being unwilling or unable to believe something. 
As we know, this is how Thomas was originally. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. He was incredulous. Yet, what does Caravaggio mean to show with his painting? Thomas' incredulity shattered, his eyes wide, stunned, virtually unable to not believe as Jesus grabs his hand and puts it into his side. Proof beyond proof that he was risen from death. Jesus mirrors Thomas' own words, not having been physically present the first time Thomas said them, Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Confronted with this undeniable proof, Thomas hits his knees in repentant awe and fear. My Lord and my God, he says. Every Christian is like Thomas at some point in their life. The believer who in weakness has let the word of God bounce off of them like rain on a roof and not taking it in. Not paid attention. Not trusted in the word of God and therefore have not fully understood the pardon Jesus gave them. Because every Christian has the same sinful nature as Thomas that defiantly says, I won't believe unless I put my finger in the nail mark and touch the wound on his side. We identify deeply with the one who doubted so fiercely. Yet with these words, the Holy Spirit puts us all in Thomas' sandals. Fine, take your hand and put it in mine. Look, see my side. I was dead and I'm alive again. Here it is. It is certain. Death is conquered. Your sin is pardoned. Here is the proof. Do not doubt. Believe. Finally, then, we have the third P. Purpose. At the end of this section of Scripture, St. John clearly lays out the purpose for his entire Gospel letter. He says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the purpose. You have seen the pardon Jesus offers. You have seen the proof that it's true. Jesus has the authority to grant such pardon and peace and assurance of victory over death. It's true, beyond the shadow of a doubt. You, dear brothers and sisters, blessed are you who have not seen and yet believe. This is the Christian's purpose, to believe in the one that God has sent, the Messiah, the Son of God. Believe it. You're forgiven. You have eternal life in his name. Never take it for granted or take it lightly, for it is more certain than the sun coming up tomorrow. These three P's of Easter are what a Christian carry with them, not just for a day or part of the church year. The pardon, the proof, and the purpose of Easter are what we carry with us our whole lives. No matter what the world and its ugliness or the devil with his tools of doubt and guilt throw on our paths, we might have the fourth P, peace. Say them with me again, the three P's of Easter, pardon, proof, purpose, all so that we might have true peace. Amen. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. 
Sunday School and Adult Bible Study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live-streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarkbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. You can also search for St. Mark Bemidji on YouTube to find our channel. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again, www.stmarkbemidji.org. All scripture readings are taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 2011, and are used by permission from Zondervan. Meditation's daily devotional is published by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day. salvation free lasting to eternity